Welcome to the Dynasty Junkies Podcast with your hosts, Rocky Petrella and Dustin Church. Let's get to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of the Dynasty Junkies Podcast, a member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. You know, I'm your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict. Dustin Church is my co-host at Dynasty Junkie FF. And Dustin, we talked a little bit at the end of the show about the Listener League last week, but we still got spots to fill. So we wanted to get that out of the way before we get into the show, kind of talk about that a little more because we kind of rushed it at the end last week. So Dustin, let, let the people know. Yeah, so we will be running the first uh, Dynasty Junkies Listener League. It's a 12-team. Uh, we're following the SFBX scoring. So anyone that didn't get into SFBX or just anyone looking for another league, we are copying the SFBX scoring. Um, besides the sacks and completion um, and completion scoring, it's a $42 league with a big chunk of it going to charity. So we do have a few openings, like Rocky said. So if you guys are interested, uh, go ahead and DM Rocky or myself or the pod at, at Dynasty Junkies. Yeah, and uh, definitely uh, we're looking to have some fun with that. So definitely give us a DM. And I'm really looking forward to this episode. I told Dustin, decided we were doing this uh, podcast thing, that I definitely wanted to do a super flex strategy kind of show because I'm definitely, I feel like, more on the opposite end of the community than a lot of, pe- a lot of people with uh, how I look at quarterbacks and super flex. And we kind of wanted to get the right guest, and I think we did this week. We have kind of our own little uh, version of the Superflex Super Show here with uh, uh, Sam Lane, uh, Stompy, and John Hogue at Superflex Dude. Guys, welcome on. Thanks. I'm pretty convinced that nobody, if you just said Sam Lane, nobody would know who you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> who? I, I mean... Yeah, Stompy doesn't really work anymore. He's got so many freaking burner accounts now. You gotta, it gets hard to keep up. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta, I mean, get sneaky. Like, you know, in the office when Creed, Creed Bratton needs to declare bankruptcy, he puts it all on his alter ego or whatever. I can't remember what his name is, but (laughs) that's what I have to do for for my own ego. I love it. And, you know, you have a, a couple of different handles out there, and I follow them all. Retweeting all your stuff, I think. Yeah, so um, before we get into the show, um, I just want to – we usually do the kind of, you know, plug all your pods and sites at the end of the show. But I wanted to, Sam uh, Stompy, to give you a chance to just kind of talk a little bit about uh, Listen to Pod, because I think that's that's worth putting at the front of the show here. Um, I've listened to the first episode. I'm a little behind, but it was definitely very good. So um, I just wanted to give you a chance to talk about that a little. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, with everything that's been going on, I have been trying to find a way to be more, I guess, vocal, do something to help uh, this racial injustice, the social injustice um, and whatnot. And uh, I mean, I'm kind I, I wouldn't say I'm agoraphobic. I just don't like going outside, but I can <laughs> go outside. So I'm not I don't I'm not afraid of it. Um so my best option, I think, is to, um, I guess, present or give give uh, minorities a platform, um, oppressed minorities a platform to share their stories, um, to share their experiences. So perhaps people like me and probably all of us uh, were, were much more um, privileged. So, I mean, I, I know I need to learn things. 
So it's it's to the the oppressed minorities to give them a platform to share those experiences and help hopefully um, the more privileged to understand the plight of these people. Um, and so that I mean that's like I said the best way I knew how I mean I can give my money and stuff and but getting their voices out there is the best way I knew how to do my part here. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. I definitely appreciate like what you've been doing so far. I've listened to every episode except for the one that came this morning and it's fantastic. Just get, getting everyone an opportunity to talk about this. Like, you know, my job, we're really focused on diversity, equity, inclusion. I know some we've talked a little bit in, in DMS about it, but mm -hmm. you know, these are conversations that we are having every day in our, in our school building. But I think it's like, you're doing important work because it's conversations that everybody needs to have, you know, donating or just posting about it isn't enough, but actually, talking about it is is what needs to happen so i really appreciate you putting that out there i i appreciate you guys i listening and i just need i needed to catch on somewhere like i need somewhere someone to see it and be like okay i want to give this a listen and then it just launches it but i mean as long as some people are learning and learning things they didn't know and it's changing their views on a lot of things that's I'm, I'm fine with that. So you started off, by the way, the synopsis with, I felt like I need to be more vocal. And I was like, you just lost everyone right there. The idea <laughs> that Stompy is not vocal enough. No, no, this was, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, beyond like just posting shit on, um, on Twitter and getting suspended because apparently the people that use snowflake and cuck unironically are the actual snowflakes so <laughs> there you go yeah but what you've been doing on twitter is great too but the pod the pod is awesome as well i appreciate um, it thanks and um so uh, let's get into the show the fantasy football stuff now um start off with our fantasy face off like we do every week <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> John and I talked. John and I talked about this beforehand, and he goes, it, "This is. I mean, they're they're setting it up to be three on one." And I was like, "I know." It's <laughs> yeah, I know that's the plan. That's and fine. I'm, I'm I'm still here. I was gonna say that we basically normally go with guys who are somewhat close in ADP or have some kind of similarity, but um, the idea here was because John was going to be on that um, we would go with the uh, the superflex theorem. And if anybody doesn't know, uh, I pulled it up here just now. If the QB startup ADP is within two rounds of the non-QB, the QB's post-startup value will be equal to or greater than that of the non-QB. That's that's John's Superflex theorem. Correct. So that's uh, not Rob, my Superflex theorem, by the way. I'm just the one who verbalized it, but that's that <laughs> it's universal. If you say so, John. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's but for anyway, everybody, especially you, Rock. That that's, okay? Yeah. But I, I pulled up. You know, I looked at the ADP. Rogers' June ADP is forty-eight, and Mike Evans' June ADP is thirty-two. So they're not even a round and a half apart. We pulled it. Yep. Came out seventy-seven percent Evans, twenty-three percent Rogers. Yep. So, John, uh, I'll be shocked. To, I'm sure I'll be shocked by your answer. But what's what's the? Uh, who are you taking, Rogers or Evans? Yeah, I'm taking Rodgers. Yeah, it's it's yeah, pretty easy. And I mean, it it's not even because it's Aaron Rodgers in this case necessarily. I mean, there are there are a lot of quarterbacks who I would take 
over Mike Evans just because of the scarcity of the position in Superflex. Like that's what the Superflex theorem is all about. It's it's the fact that and and this is the problem with ADP is the fact that you know we're 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 using drafts to do this whether it's you know whether it's mock drafts which is what we use over at DLF or whether it's um, you know actual real life drafts that's how we determine ADP and there's just a fundamental flaw in it because you know when you're drafting you're not really thinking about the fact that you know once this thing's over the quarterbacks are are no longer available you're looking ahead at your draft and you see the entire list of quarterbacks and you just say, you know, I, I can, I can wait on these guys. Somebody's going to get screwed. If everybody's doing that, if, if everybody's going to wait on quarterbacks and then there's just going to be this big melee for them all at the same time, right around the, you know, fifth, sixth round, somebody's going to come out of it without the quarterbacks that they need. And there isn't a way to rectify that once the draft is over. I, I can understand what you're saying. I, I don't know that people wait that long. I, mean, I tend to wait long quarterbacks, as we'll talk about during the course of this show, but I think a lot of people think more like you. Maybe I'm wrong but uh, that and, and draft them early, but uh, Stompy, who are you taking? Well, I think it depends. Well, I'm taking Evans, um, <laughs> but I, I to say something to you, Rocky, about uh, what you just said, it just – I think it depends. It depends on quarterbacks. I mean, really, it's about like the tiers of quarterbacks, I think, because Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, sure, like I can get on board with them being one, two, um, where then John and I very much diverges. <laughs> um, I would, I mean, I have to get running backs, and <laughs> I'm looking at his DLF, his DLF rankings, and I just like, I'm just. I can't. <laughs> I thought we were talking about ADP right now. I know, no, no, I understand that, but I'm like the but the way where you would be taking these guys, oh yeah, is definitely far different than most people, I think. And and so I think it goes in, like I said, into tiers where it's the top two, and then I have to take personally. I would be taking um, Saquon, CMC at the very very least, maybe Zeke. And then I maybe go uh, Dejon Watson, but yeah, like I st- where where John and most people differ is like his first six that should be off the board are quarterbacks or first four, and yeah. then six of the top seven are quarterbacks. Yeah, and I, I don't. <laughs> I, that, no, that's just it's the correct it's way fine. to do it. It's it's I, oh, okay. Um, I mean, you you just said that you would take Zeke over Deshaun Watson. Yeah. What are you going to do yeah. in 2021? We're talking about dynasty here. What are you going to do in 2021 when you don't have a quarterback and now you don't have a running back anymore either? Well, except for I usually get like good quarterbacks in the third, fourth round, so I'm okay at waiting, waiting on quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're willing to you're willing to give up your your first round pick just because you're willing to just throw that away, just just throw it in the <laughs> fire. Just because I have, so he, you, I have to, you I have to say something because this later. is gonna re- this reminds me like I've found out how you argue. 
<laughs> there's two ways that you do it. Yeah. But the first one is you use hyperbole. Like it's just going out of style. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm just going to take one of the worst, <laughs> worst QBs and take him over a better QB. And you were talking about Kirk Cousins. And it was like, he's not a, how is he a bad QB at any point? But then you just did yeah. it again. Oh, you're he's just going to throw QB. You're just going to throw away your yeah. first round pick. No, I'm not. Throwing I know. Away. I know. Listen, you're I throwing would, away your first round pick on Zeke. What, yeah. what I would do. What <laughs> I would one year rental. Um, what I would do is I would get Zeke. Uh-huh. And then I would probably get somebody like Chubb. And I'd probably get somebody like Eckler. That's how I would start my startups right now. Su- <laughs> Superflex startups. All right. Because I can get Stafford. I can get. Cousins, I can get Drew Locke, I can get Matt Ryan. I, I mean, I can get several guys that are going to finish back end QB1. Okay, but again, if if the entire league is saying that exact same thing, you're not going to get those guys. It, 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 you're certainly, I mean, you're going to get maybe one of those guys. But if everybody's taking that exact same approach, and we always talk about you got to zig when everyone's zagging. Everybody is waiting until the fourth, fifth round to to start getting their quarterbacks, which means everybody's fighting over that same group of quarterbacks. I don't think that's necessarily the case, though. Yeah. I, mean, I think Dak's going at the end of the first round. Kyler's going in the first round. Like, like yeah. I said, I think a lot of people, uh, not not everybody, but a lot of people, especially on the higher end quarterbacks, think like you and take them early. Yeah, you don't think so. Uh, no, I mean, there, there are a few of them who are going, you know, first round, second round, but I mean, we're talking about a, a, a situation here in a super flex league where everybody's got to have three quarterbacks. Like that's the minimum. I, I personally think that the minimum should be four, but I, like, I acknowledge that you can, you can somewhat get away with it for a year or two with just three quarterbacks, especially if you get you know, younger guys who are, who are solid in their job. Like you can, you can get away with it at that point. At some point it's going to catch up with you though. So you want to take young quarterbacks. So you wouldn't take Aaron Rodgers then in the startup. <laughs> I'll still take Aaron Rodgers just because he's, I mean, he's, he gives me the opportunity to, to win games this year. But I mean, you know, back to my rankings, I've got young guys ahead of him, even though I think that he's going to be the QB one overall this year. I still acknowledge that I, I would much rather have that, you know, that that security in the long term. What am I supposed to do with that? Like, it's like you're just like, I, oh, here's this. Draft Aaron Rodgers. Yelling at me again. He's going to be the QB one. Yeah. Overall. Said. Yeah. Overall in 2020. Yes. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like you're you're. Your delusion has reached like peak right now. Because okay. I have not I have not heard that been said to me. I haven't heard that over yet the last yeah. Yeah. several months. Yeah. I mean I've heard I've heard a QB one. I haven't heard the QB one. I mean, so maybe yeah. his inhibitions are, are a little lower uh because um maybe he's drinking a little bit or doing something else in Colorado there. Uh <laughs> but what uh, I don't even know how to ask this. Like, I don't even know if I want to know what you think on this because it's just, just going to make me yell. I, I know, I just, but at, I what, what, at what point do you think he's going to be QB one? 
in 2020. In 2020. At what point do you think he's going to be QB1? <laughs> the, you're the saying, hold on. You're saying the, I don't understand the question, I guess. You're saying the QB1 or a QB1? The QB1. No, no. That's what I'm asking you. How can you say that with a straight face? I mean, oh, I just did it several I understand times. that. I am asking you how you think that's going to go. I, I, wait, I want, I want to put this out there. I was going to do this as a comparison to Cousins, but I'm just going to give the stats that I, I pulled this up uh, from DLF. Uh, over the last two years, Rodgers has 13 QB1 finishes. He has mm -hmm. 15 QB2 finishes and four QB3 finishes. That sounds like the QB1 to you, and he's had no receiving weapons. It He's got a coach yeah. that doesn't like to pass a lot. Well, hold on. He's got oh, he he's got, got a, he's got an excuse for every season here. Okay. Um, I think yeah. it's injury, bad yeah. play calling, new system. Right. <laughs> but he wasn't injured the yeah. last few years. That that's 32 games I just gave right there. 13. Well, but remember you know, he, he won finishes. He, but remember games. he he hurt his knee in week one, uh, made wow. the heroic comeback, yeah. and then he was injured the rest of the year, which made him suck. So in 32 games, I mean, he had games, a sprained MCL. <laughs> in 32 games, well, he's got less than. I mean, maybe one. Philip Rivers played on no ACL. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but he's never been that good. Like it, it doesn't matter how many knees he has. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has actually done this. There's, there's proof of concept here. So how is the guy who hasn't even been a QB1 in half of his games the last two years going to be the QB1 in 2020? Because he had so, bad play calling and he was injured and new coaching yeah. system. But yeah. he had the same coach as last year. No, that's what I'm saying. He, he New system. He yeah. was a new okay. system. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Which usually uh, doesn't go well for a veteran quarterback. I, <laughs> Okay, we've gone on with this a while. I said, Dustin, I'm guessing you're taking Evans. I so I'm taking Evans over Rodgers, but there is some QBs I would obviously take over. And I didn't look at the ADP for that that range, but I just don't want a declining old quarterback that I would take over or over hey, my. Listen, Evans I'm just gonna let I'm just gonna let these guys talk to you. <laughs> I'll take a break tonight. I mean it. it I mean, it kind of sounds like at least Dustin's been listening to Superflex Super Show and oh, muting yeah. it when I'm when I'm talking, and then <laughs> bringing it back in when James and Stompy are talking their shit about how uh, Aaron Rodgers is old. No, Nobody but, else is old, apparently. No one else in this league is a year older. Just Aaron Rodgers, not Kirk that. Cousins, not Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, Ezekiel is twenty-four years old, so and Cousins yeah, which has is five years on Rodgers. And and but I mean they're still they're still all a year older. Um, <laughs> Drew Brees, Tom Brady, those guys such are a actually semantic old. argument. <laughs> um, those guys are actually old. No, but I I, I legitimately Elliot, want you to answer me this. Like, I mean, what type of season do you think he needs to have to be? And let's compare it to, I mean, the rest of the QBs. Like, let's not let's put Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes and. Uh, whomever, I mean, Dak Prescott at this point, let's put them into it in your thoughts too, because that means Aaron Rodgers has to beat out Lamar Jackson, who scored four more points per game than, was it Matt Ryan? Or I can't remember who was QB2. But, and Patrick Mahomes a year before did the same thing. Like, I, I guess yeah. I don't understand what type of season you think Aaron Rodgers can and will have to have to be the QB1. 
I don't know what type of season he'll have to have. I'm not tr- I'm not pr- going off of what happened in 2019. That's not going to happen again. Lamar Jackson's not going to outscore anybody by it, it, all these guys. He's not going to he's not going to put up the season he just had. Uh, I, I bet like he will have over a thousand rush yards and then over a th- three thousand uh, passing yards next year. I know you think that, man. No, and I it, know he just, will have that. We we had this exact same conversation a year ago about Pat Mahomes. There's no way, even with 10% regression, he's still going to be by far the QB1. Where was he? I mean, QB5, and he was injured. With a couple missed games, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, not QB1. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. I mean, okay, that's fine, but I'm, I'm, I'm putting guys that – should out i mean in for most people mm-hmm. should outscore aaron rodgers like dak like dejan watson who decides this Mahomes, huh? who, de- who decides how these guys are going to play this year so so basically it's don't they have I, to get on the field and actually do it at some point i mean or, that's or fine are we just gonna get on the field? when was the last annoy? time that aaron Rodgers did it he's he's it's been four years john yeah, and he's been hurt most of those. <laughs> like I, I don't know what to tell you. His passing, his passing. It's been three years, actually. It's been four. I have, sh- I have shown you this. I've shown you this multiple times. No, he, he has... did it. He did it in 20, 2016, right? He was the QB one. He was the QB one overall. Uh... That's four seasons ago. That's 16, what I was just 17, say. 18, 19. 2017, 2018, 2019. Three years. And we're going into 2020. Yeah, and 2020 has 16, 17, yet. 18, 19. <laughs> so he was a QB1 in 2016. Okay. He was the QB1 overall in 2016. Okay. 2017 okay. was Car- Carson, no, Russell Wilson. 2018 well, was, where was Where was that? Where was Aaron Rodgers at in that year? Well, no, no, that's that's beside the point right at the moment. I'm saying it's it's been three years. Since okay. Aaron Rodgers was last the QB one overall, two of those three he was hurt. One of them he had a brand new, a, a new system, a new coach, and a, a run heavy focus. And it's going to continue to be run heavy. Like, why don't you think it's, it's going to continue to be run heavy? They drafted he, a running can, back in the second round. He can he can say all he wants that he wants to wants it to be a run heavy offense. But at the end of the day, you're not going to get the type of production that you got from Aaron Jones again last year. This is a, and this is what I'm saying, Stomp. You're you're still chasing last year's points. It's it's going to be a completely different season with completely different outcomes. So why do, then why does fantasy football analysis exist then? I mean, if that's the point I, where everything just resets, why do we even care what happens? in the past like why do i mean are trends not a thing like yeah, I, I guess like like, like stompy saying yeah i mean you're right it doesn't necessarily last year doesn't equal this year but mm-hmm. you have to look at, at at the past to try and predict the future and there's i don't see what mm-hmm. the reason is to think that that much will change between what's happened the last couple of years with aaron Rodgers and what's happened now what's going to happen now well, like I said, I mean, the big thing is regression for Aaron Jones, regression for that running game. That there, I, I guarantee you, as stupid as I think Matt Lafleur is, he was standing on the sideline watching what happened in that NFC Championship game. 
That's the that was the template. That's what he was trying to accomplish. He wants to be what the 49ers are, what the 49ers were, and they absolutely destroyed them. And they were not prepared to to go aerial uh, in that game because they had been winning games all season with the running game and with the defense, and it wasn't there for them in the conference championship. You got to throw that out the window and say, you know what? We don't have the defense that San Francisco has. We don't have the offensive line. We don't have the running game. What we do have is one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL. And we have to use that to our advantage. Okay. We've gone a long time with this. (laughs) I'm just curious though. Um, because, because your co-host James, the brain threw it out there. And, uh, (laughs) like I mentioned, I I had pulled up the stats and cousins QB one, two, and three finishes are almost identical to Rogers. Would you take cousins over Evans? I'm just curious. No, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, I wouldn't either. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. But but I don't think I have it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, said, his, I mean, his finishes are almost identical to Rod. He's got the, the same amount of QB one finishes, one less QB two finish, same amount yeah. of QB three finishes. Yeah, and, I mean, Kirk Cousins is really kind of the post, the poster boy for this. You know, we're kind of we're looking at what Kirk Cousins did in 2019, and totally ignoring the fact that he just lost his best weapon in this offseason expecting him to be anywhere close to where he was it, and they didn't replace him i, I mean, I mean they, they effectively they, did they drafted justin jefferson but I mean, that's he's, not even he's the a, point he's and a rookie adam, he's not even projected to start adam Thielen wasn't healthy all year okay th- that doesn't and stefan who, 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 sorry who, who doesn't was the matter wide, who was the wide receiver one when both played in 2018 together I, that doesn't matter Oh, it does. It, it honestly doesn't matter. the The reality is, you're taking a big bite out of that entire offense by losing Stephon Diggs. You can call him the wide receiver two. You can call her call him the wide receiver one B. Whatever, however you want to designate him, it doesn't matter. You're still taking uh, almost a hundred catches in a thousand yards, and you know, close to double digit touchdowns out of that offense without replacing it. I mean, I disagree again because how? Again, how? Adam Thielen again. Adam, Adam Thielen's going to pick up everything that he was doing, plus everything Stephon Diggs was doing. I didn't say. <laughs> when did I say that's, that? That's what it's going to take for what did, okay, to keep how, doing. What, what, did, he, what did Adam Thielen do last year? Oh, I don't know. Nothing. It does. He was have, injured all nothing. year. He yeah, has, it, had both of them on the field for two, three seasons now. He. Thielen put up a 1,400-yard season in 2018. Mm-hmm. He's, he put up a better season than Stefan Diggs has ever had. Okay, so he does that again. What does that leave Kirk Cousins with? I mean, again, you, you're just dismissing these weapons like they don't exist. Dalvin Cook, very uh, good in the passing game. Irv Smith, very good in the passing game. Kyle Rudolph, very good in the passing game. Like, and I don't know what Justin is a rookie doesn't mean he can't do anything. So I mean we've so seen last rookies year, contribute. So it, last year Thielen only had 30 catches for 418 yards. You're telling me that Jefferson can't replace 30 catches for 418 yards if Thielen's completely healthy. If Thielen gets Diggs' Diggs' workload, it's easy to see Jefferson improving on what Thielen put up last year. Like, mm, that's kind yeah, of what we're getting at. 
No, I don't. I I I don't think that he's gonna do. You don't that. think Jefferson's gonna easily get thirty catches for four hundred eighteen yards? N- uh, not easily, I wouldn't say. I mean, he like you said, he's not even projected to start right now. Like they're they're talking about BC Johnson is the is a starting outside guy. I don't know what they expect from from Justin Jefferson in year one. I I know what we expect, and it's from rookies. It's usually not much. Like no offense, Rock, but I mean, you know, I I don't think we're gonna get much out of Jalen Rager either, and and there's really not much competition there from him. It's just he's still a rookie. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's not like rookies never do anything. I mean, we, it, we just the last year, AJ Brown, Debo Sam. I mean, those guys all had like eight, nine hundred. Terry McLaurin, Metcalf, uh, yeah, Metcalf. I, I mean, that, those, I, that's they, the they don't do like twenty for for for. 250 yards i mean yeah mm-hmm. we're not going to be getting wide receiver one seasons out of these guys but we're going to be getting contributions that will help cousins mm, i i don't know man i i wouldn't count on that i guess is what i'm saying but the biggest thing is i definitely definitely would not count on even in the aggregate that they're going to be able to just to replace stefan Diggs. i didn't <sighs> okay I, I i don't i don't think we have to replace Diggs. Is, is kind of what Snobby was getting at. Like having a healthy Thielen, mm-hmm. we didn't have Thielen last year. We didn't have Diggs the year before when Thielen was healthy. Like we haven't even, had the two of them together for the last, last year. I mean, yeah, I mean, Diggs had 94 targets, I think, and, and under a thousand yards. I mean, Cousins can have a good think, season with, with, I'm sorry, John Go. No, I mean he was just under a thousand. So yeah, I, I, it's still like it's still significant. Like that's that's the point is, and and you also just miss having that presence on the field. Like that's that's right. still going to translate. I mean, I think that Phelan, for the most part, is going to is going to be fine. Um, you know, mostly based on the fact, and this is you know predicated on the idea that they keep him in the slot. That's where he's been so effective. Uh, in which is totally a different position than you know X Y. So you know it, it's it, it, if he's if he's working out of the slot, he's going to be fine. But you still, I mean, now all of a sudden, whoever that that X receiver becomes, whether it's whether it's BC, whether it's Justin Jefferson, at some point, you know, whoever it ends up being, that's still a tall order. They're getting the toughest coverage now where you were drawing that with Stefan Diggs and he was still beating these guys, but you don't have anybody on that roster who can, who can beat, you know, the uh, Patrick Peterson's of the world. Okay. We're, 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 we're way into the show now and, and spent way <laughs> too much time on this, I think. So did you ever answer, would you take cousins over Evans? I'd take Evans. Okay. I'm just curious about that one. Okay. So we'll get into our commissioner corner topic. Commissioner corner which came from uh, FF Trader Joe, our friend of the show, um, and a tweet I put out this week, and, you know, saying we're doing a super flex thing. And um, he mentioned uh, the possibility of adjusting, because I mentioned that I think, you know, we'll get into this later, but that I think quarterbacks are overvalued in super flex. <laughs> and he mentioned about how Scott Fishbowl and other, you know, other leagues may adjust scoring to try and uh, uh, adjust for that. What do you guys think of that? Is it what do you think of the Scott Fishbowl scoring? Is that something maybe we should do to maybe bring their especially I guess John, since you since you think they're 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 so important that mm-hmm. um <laughs> that's something we should be doing maybe to 
adjust the the value down a little you know the negative points for sacks and completions things like that um i mean i think it's effective um should we do it i mean here's here's the the dirty secret is you know superflex does uh it, it it does create more value throughout the entire quarterback position. Is that a bad thing? I don't I don't know necessarily about that. I mean, you could just go one quarterback and adjust the the scoring on quarterbacks, um, it, just to separate the tiers, kind of like what Scott did in the Scott Fishbowl. But all all that really happened here is it really just kind of pushed up the better passing quarterbacks like it it takes some it takes some of the power away from the running quarterbacks and it really takes away from those yolo guys Jameis winston dropped from like quarterback two or three overall in normal scoring all the way down to quarterback 18 in total points Mm -hmm. in scott fishbowl and something like quarterback 24 25 in points per game uh i mean it it just like it it's I don't know. It's a it's effective in a in a way. It doesn't address the entire quarterback position. It it really just kind of creates you know a, a more distance uh, between the various tiers. I would say it balances against rushing quarterbacks. I mean, obviously, if you're Lamar Jackson and putting up a thousand yards, it's definitely not going to really affect you. But um, I mean, Kyler Mar- Kyler Murray dropped. It, the the one uh, when I was looking at the spreadsheet, the one that <laughs> dropped or didn't really move was Josh Allen, which is was really surprising to me. Um, so that that's kind of interesting when I look at that, and I'm like, what if that's the case? Why wouldn't he be of a value that here? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I mean, <laughs> so Kirk Kirk Cousins jumped what ten spots. Um, David Carr jumped a, a, a tremendous amount of spots. Jimmy G jumped a lot. So I, I think it's balancing against maybe not the top tier runners, so not Lamar Jackson, but it's definitely balancing or evening out the playing field for those that don't run that much. Yeah. So, I mean, I like to answer the question, I think that if you, you, know, if, if you mess with the scoring for quarterbacks – you're still not in a super flex league. You're still not addressing the scarcity. You know, that's, that's the big issue. Um, that's, that's where the overinflation quote unquote comes from in super flex is the fact that, you know, you're, you're still better off having a quarterback at flex at all times. And like, that still kind of stays true. Even if you, if you do adjust the scoring, but if you adjust the scoring, the problem that you create, like in the Scott fish bowl, is that there's a massive advantage to having, you know, a high high volume, high efficiency passing quarterbacks. Pat, it, you put Pat Pat Mahomes and Dak Prescott on a dynasty roster, like with Scott Fishbowl X scoring, and I mean that team's going to be pretty much unstoppable for years. Yeah, I agree that I don't think the scoring is really going to. I don't. I don't. I don't agree with changing the scoring i think you know the replacement value and being able to buy replacement quarterbacks 
is what really leads to you know the superflex value in startups and trades and everything like that. I don't think it really has much to do with scoring. I do agree with John that it, it's more just on the scarcity and being able to replace those positions. Running backs and wide receivers get replaced all the time. Uh, quarterbacks, it's impossible to, to buy one. Um, you know, if you don't, you know, good owners are going to make you pay if you have an injury or a guy gets benched or something like that. So I don't think the scoring is really going to change that outcome and that aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get the scarcity argument, but I, I also think that the scoring and Scott, I mean, the scoring and Scott Fishbowl makes me not want to draft quarter other than Lamar and Mahomes makes me not want to draft quarterback early. Do you agree with that? Really? No. Yeah, I'm. I'm. There's so many negative like, points that that can go against them, especially well, I, I if, you, if you get that. past the top tier. But I, I mean, I, I think that moves Dak up. I think that moves um, Deshaun Watson moves up. Carson um, Wentz. Carson Wentz moves up. Kirk Kirk Cousins moves up. Uh, <laughs> Matthew Stafford moves dropped, up. Dropped. No, there are Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, there are certain moves guys up. that move up. I, I mean, I, I can see. So I, I think it. I think it definitely bumps the value of the uh um the accurate quarterbacks the the throwers and right. and to a point where you almost have to have one yeah. like it it's it's it becomes such an advantage to have uh, Drew Brees is kind of the 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 name that we point to the most right now because looking at, at his jump i mean he was what the quarterback two overall in points scored in this scoring yeah. and that's with what he missed five games, four and a half games, something like that. Like he's still, he was still the quarterback too overall. So like, it's such an advantage to have somebody who doesn't throw interceptions, doesn't really even throw in completions is throwing to, you know, the, the most efficient wide receiver in the, you know, through the first four, (laughs) four years of his career in the history of the sport and doesn't really even get sacked. You know, he's, he's not getting you negative points. At where more than half of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL are susceptible to a negative score. You you almost have to get one of the guys who's who's going to keep you in the positive. Right. And I hear that. I And like you said, I think it bumps up certain guys that we actually don't think of as, as all that great, like Cousins or, or Derek Carr, um, I think was actually yeah. decent in that scoring because of his high completion percentage. But um Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. <laughs> Stop but, uh, not listening or he would add some. No, no, things. I'm I'm looking at um I'm looking at the points per game just because <laughs> I kinda I think you need to understand that like I th- I think it was like nine of the top fifty uh scorers in this are quarterbacks. So and that's I mean so you want to get one of those guys because that's a big advantage on at the on the um, the position, but I, I think those numbers might even be off a little bit. But you're just you it definitely bumps up the scoring for quarterbacks. I think more than like the running backs and wide receivers are just left behind at this point. Um, so yeah, I mean. I think you want to get one of those accurate passers. So Drew Brees is going to go in the first, I, I guarantee in most, uh, most of these drafts. Um, I'm sure Dak Prescott will go earlier, um, middle of the first 
Um, Deshaun Watson will probably go into the first. Same with Russ. I think you'll see a lot of quarterbacks get taken in the first two rounds. Um, and that's where I'm zigging instead of – or was it zigging instead of zagging, um, I think, with the way I've been doing my mock draft stuff. And no, I agree. It elevates the, the top tier more than anything. But I think I think uh, Addison Hayes, you might have even said it on your show, that it makes maybe not going with a quarterback in the super flex even more viable um, because your yeah. QB2 is definitely someone who may have – you may be looking at negative points. Or, you know, not on a week-to-week basis, but it's a possibility. Yeah. Where you're not really yeah. looking at that from other positions, most likely. Yeah. I, and I think it's viable. I, I mean, also for a little context, Addison doesn't always know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, I, but I do think there's there is some strategy there a little bit. Um, you know, you you could conceivably at least have your quarterbacks kind of in the um, in the in the like in a pool of players. Uh, um, you know, including running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends as super flex options. Um, but I mean, I still think that more often than not, like you're like worst case scenario, you're kind of playing matchups. You know, if, if you, if you have Sam Darnold going up against new England, who at the time was just stopping absolutely everyone, um, every, every piece of the offense, like they were, they were ranked number one against every single position for fantasy scoring throughout most of the season. If you had Sam Darnold <laughs> going up against that defense, then, you know, then you're like, all right, there's no way I'm starting him. And because I can't deal with negative 28 points, but you know, you, you, it, it's not. I don't think that you want to go go to the extreme where you just don't have quarterbacks to even consider at superflex. Yeah, I have the eleventh spot, and I'm planning on going having two quarterbacks by the time my fourth round pick is up. I'm in. A, I'm in a draft right now with Stompy um, with SFBX scoring, and I went running back, running back my first two, and I went quarterback, quarterback, and at three and four. Um, I think that's probably. I don't want to go too late like Rocky likes to do. I, I think I'm going to be in the middle, you know, three, four, right there. I want to have two of mine locked up. Yeah, I think that's probably what I'm going to do. Too. I'm, I'm certainly not going to go quarterback heavy in this thing. But, um, you know, I think I probably want to be like three or four deep and probably the top two within the first like four or five rounds. I think we've talked that one out. So let's get into the dynasty strategy section. Dynasty strategy. And basically, I just wanted to talk about, you know, super flex strategy in general. I, I, I think we kind of know John's strategy. Um, so, Stompy, how do you generally handle handle super flex draft startups? How, how do you handle the quarterback position? Um, so this year I've been getting two and even three running backs in the first three rounds, and then I'll go quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Um, generally, I, I want to have three quarterbacks by the end of the seventh round. Because, um, and again, like I can, the the way I view quarterback, I can get Matt Stafford, who is the QB three in points per game. I can get Kirk Cousins. I can get Matt Ryan. I can get Teddy Bridgewater, who I think is going to have a good season. Gardner Minshew as well for my QB three. Um, Drew Locke lasts until the fourth, fifth round. 
maybe maybe not after the draft, but I mean, you can still. I, I don't mind him as my QB two. Um, so I I, just, I I would rather get my running backs because I usually go win now. Um, so I can get my running backs. I can get a few older quarterbacks, and then wide receiver value right now is bananas. So I mean, you can get Robert Woods, Keenan Allen, um, Adam Thielen as your wide receiver one in the sixth round, um, in in some drafts. So, I that's the most comfortable I feel is getting art running back depth and making sure I have three starting quarterbacks by the end of the seventh. Okay. Yeah. So Drew Locke right now is actually um, going at in June ADP is going the first pick of the sixth round. So he's he still hasn't fully climbed yet. Um, I'm right there with Stompy. I like to have my my three quarterbacks by around seven or eight. Um, I'm not right at the sixth round, but top seven eight rounds. I want to have all three quarterbacks. Um, I don't usually go four or five unless like I see them falling, and I know uh, John likes to go four or five deep in the draft. Minimum. I. Yeah, I'm usually a three and maybe like a, a Cam or Jameis type flyer later on that, that could pan out. Um, but I'm the same way. I, I, I want to get a couple of good running backs early. Those middle rounds is where I really want to target my, my quarterbacks, you know, three, four, five right there in the middle. Um, that's that's what I want to try to do. Yeah, and I think Dustin's overstated my, my take on this a little bit. I mean, I, I definitely don't subscribe to John's theory, but... Uh, <laughs> no one does. It's fine. <laughs> but I do like to to wait a little bit. I'm never. I'm almost never going to be the guy that drafts Mahomes or Lamar or Dak or Kyler. But um, and I do prefer three. But I'm okay. I mean, by simple mathematics, even if you evenly distribute everything, distri- distribute everything, no one ever, and everyone's going to have three. I'm fine being the guy with two. But um, I, I aim for three, and I'm generally just okay more with loading up on the position players early, kind of like what Stompy said, um, running backs, um, like you said, receiver, you can more weight on nowadays, but, um, but yeah. And, and then I just, I try, I'm okay with maybe getting three guys I consider QB twos and then, and then rotating them based on matchups. Um, you're definitely the, the opposite, John, correct? Oh, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I mean, so- like it, it, so my minimum is four quarterbacks. And the thing is, if, you know, if I get four quarterbacks, just to, again, just doing the math, you know, take, take four of the 32 out of circulation, we're down to 28 of or available quarterbacks, which means, you know, what half the league is going to have just two quarterbacks at that point. Right. Like, uh, or, or going to have, uh, yeah, yeah. Half of about half the league's going to have, two quarterbacks and other the rest of them can maybe get three of them and i mean what if one of those two gets hurt like now it's to a point where just to fill a legal lineup when your one quarterback is on is on by you have to come to you have to find somebody who can trade you a quarterback there's one guy who can afford to do it so that's i wanted to ask you that as this this so you actually employ the strategy where you'll draft four or five quarterbacks. Oh my God. It's annoying early. as shit. It's yeah. annoying as shit. Watching yeah. him do that. <laughs> it See, is. To me, because he I, starts runs and it's just, the, I'm like, God damn it. Like you screw up drafts because you're like, <laughs> I'm going to take my fourth quarterback here <laughs> in the fourth round. And like, you've got like, 
let's just like Mahomes, Dak, Stafford, <laughs> Ryan, and it's like, oh my God, what is he doing? <laughs> yeah. And and at the end of that run, what happens? They're like, all right, do I just draft this this piece of crap that's left out there? Do I do I draft both Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles because I don't know which one is going to start, or do I go ask John about you know the the guy that he just drafted? See, to me though, like you have to adjust to your draft. If I if if the quarterbacks are flying off the board, then I in the leagues I'm in, most of the people are, are pretty sharp and know what they're doing, and mm-hmm. if most of them are going to get at least two quarterbacks. That's why I'm wondering, are you usually able to trade these four quarterbacks for what you want? You know, one of these four quarterbacks, because the mm-hmm. leagues I'm in, I don't think this would work. They would see it coming off. You know, the guys coming off, they would draft. Like you said, it may make everybody go early because it yeah. may stir up the draft. Like Stompy said, but you kind of have to adjust to your draft. And even I would do that. If I saw quarterbacks flying off, I, I, I try to wait, but I, I'm going to get, QB twos at least. So I'm not going to just wait forever just and end up with one quarterback. I don't see a lot of leagues that I'm in unless, you know, I think this almost depends on poor owners because like, I I don't think most, I think most owners in super flex drafts are smart enough to at least get two of them. Like you said, if an injury happens, then, then then maybe you can take advantage of it. But Mm -hmm. uh, in the leagues I'm in anyway, most of the guys are getting at least two quarterbacks and, and three if they can. Mind you, this strategy really worked out for him last year. <laughs> That's it, true. You know, that, that was an unusual did. year. That was a very unusual year. I mean, year. you always do have – like, I, I get why he does it. I mean, it's a smart move. I hate it, but it's a smart move. <laughs> I mean, it, and, and I mean, Stompy's main issue with it is that – and admittedly, it's difficult to win in year one. Like, I, I do have to – uh, you know, I, I have to stress the market enough with my quarterbacks to actually force trading before the season even starts. Otherwise, I'm really kind of in productive struggle mode. But I mean, yeah, I'm going to sell those quarterbacks eventually. It's just like the question is, in the meantime, am I going to be able to compete? And sometimes that's that's difficult. It doesn't always work that way. And I I, I know that like Stompy said, he he's very much win now. And it it it's very difficult to put together uh, a, especially a stable of running backs who are going to help you win in week one get you off to a, a, a you know on a, a in a winning record um, through the first like three four weeks of the season before you know the running backs start getting hurt yeah that, that- yeah that was gonna be my question is just like how much success have you seen with that? You answered like part of like year one, but has, has it helped you set you up going in like years two and forward to be able to sell those quarterbacks or have you had opportunities or instances where you have just basically ended up having to hold them and it didn't work out? I haven't run into a situation where I haven't been able to trade them um, and, and get full value. The one thing I will say is sometimes what I end up doing it, it you know, so the Superflex theorem is based on the idea that you trade the quarterback straight up for whatever, you know, like the right quarterback, you trade them straight across, you can get absolutely anything you want. Um, that That is is really hard. It's a tough pill for people to swallow. So sometimes what I have to do is package, you know, a, a quarterback. I, say I take Pat Mahomes with my first overall pick. I don't 
you know, I finally take a running back in the, you know, fifth round, I end up with like, um, Le'Veon Bell is my RB one, but I package those two guys and I can drop down, uh, you know, a tier or two at quarterback, uh, turn Pat Mahomes into, you know, Baker Mayfield maybe, and get literally any running back I want. Like that, that's the other thing that you can do, um, when you've got the quarterbacks to trade. See, that's my thing. I don't, I think you sort of mentioned trading the quarterback straight up. I, I, I can't see doing that. I, I almost always, when I do a quarterback trade in Superflex, ha- have to have a quarterback involved. And uh, I don't see, me personally, like I would not trade a stud player for a quarterback. I'd rather than just trade a, a lesser player for a lesser quarterback and try and make it work. Are you able mm-hmm. to get stud players for your quarterbacks? Yeah, um, you know, because a lot of people do think, I, I mean, first of all, like your your line of thinking is correct. Like that's really, that is the way to counteract what I'm trying to do is to just say, no, I'm just, I'm just going to trade for, you know, Gardner Minshew. I'm going to trade for Dwayne Haskins. I don't have to have Pat Mahomes, but people think that they do. They think that they need to have Pat Mahomes. They think that, especially, you know, if somebody drafts the way Stompy does. I'm not saying that Stompy would make this move. I'm just saying that for those who take the win now approach, go heavy at running back and they feel like they've got a contending team right now, who's going to be their target? When they look at my roster, I've got seven quarterbacks there. Who's going to be their trade target? They're going straight for Mahomes. They're not going to consider the guys at the bottom of my depth chart. They're going straight for the top because they think that that's all they're missing to put them over the top is Pat Mahomes. See, that's what I think though about what I said earlier is that that I I think the smart player is going for the lesser quarterback rather than going for Mahomes. But um, uh, maybe maybe mm-hmm. you disagree. No, um, I, I don't. That's that okay. is the smart move. That's, yeah, that's what that's what people should do, especially when you know when I'm holding the league hostage like that with my seven quarterbacks. They should. <laughs> They should go for the cheapest one. Um, they just don't. And I also think, and the reason I say about super, the quarterbacks being overvalued, I think most people don't do what you do, which yeah. is why I think quarterbacks are overvalued superflex. If no guy is holding hostage six, five, six, seven quarterbacks, then there's not the scarcity that we're talking about as much because they're more evenly distributed. You understand what I'm saying? I yeah i I do. Um, I just don't think that that is an accurate representation of what their actual value should be. But I mean, for the exact same reason that I don't think that ADP is an accurate representation, you know, that their true value and, and, you know, you and I debated this a little bit um, the other day when we were talking about your guy, Carson Wentz. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and I was very disappointed to find out that I was I had to carry the water for a Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, not the Eagles fan. Um, <laughs> but you know, I I don't even remember who the player was. Was it Mike Evans? Um, I th- was it Michael. Tom- I think it might have been Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so you know the 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 whole thing was you know if if you've got trading those guys straight up. If you only have two quarterbacks, are you going to trade Carson Wentz away for a wide receiver, even though it's a wide receiver one, the best wide receiver on the planet right now? 
Are you really going to give up one of your two quarterbacks to get Michael Thomas? And if the answer is no, which for most people it's going to be, they're going to say, I can't pull the trigger in a super flex league. I need Carson Wentz. That's Carson Wentz's true value. You know, it, 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 nothing else like the, the context doesn't really matter other than in the, in the absolute worst case scenario, what is that quarterback worth? That's his actual value. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't just because, because you're not going to trade him straight up for, for an, a position player. I don't necessarily think that necessarily equals his true value. Um, just because, I mean, it, it's not always necessarily an either or proposition. I mean, you can trade him for, you know, another quarterback and another piece or something like that. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, I also think that the, the scarcity thing is is a little overrated as well. I mean, you can get guys that you can start at not ridiculous prices. I mean, I can get a Ben Roethlisberger or a Tom Brady or a True Breeze, and I can still start them. Or I've also heard, you know, about how if you if you do that, then you're going to be screwed because you can't draft a guy because they're all going to go early or something like that. But I was looking at it and like you could get Herbert, Joe, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, Josh Allen. Those guys over the last three years are guys you could get as a playoff team in the later part of the first or early second round. Mm-hmm. So do you, you don't. So what do you think about that? I mean, so the the problem is you have to get those right. You know, I, I with my seven quarterbacks, I'm basically streaming both the quarterback and the super flex position on a weekly basis. I'm playing matchups. Um, you know, I, I'm, I, I, I'm fine through bye weeks. I'm fine through injuries. Uh, but I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to go with just two quarterbacks, even if you're going to get guys kind of in those middle tiers, you still have to, you have to nail it. That's the only way you're going to be able to compete with me because again, I'm playing matchups and I'm not, I've got a quarterback at Superflex at all times. I'm getting 20 points from my quarterback and 20 points from my super flex every single week. And, you know, if you, if you get even one of those wrong, now all of a sudden you're, you know, 15 points behind me on a weekly basis. Yeah. But then I'm also maybe starting Michael Thomas or DJ Moore or someone else you don't have because you have seven quarterbacks. Yeah. But I still have start starting wide receivers. You know, I, I, I would I most likely still have stored in quarterbacks. I, I like to draw, like I said, I, I prefer to draft three. I just mm-hmm. won't draft, you know, the guys early and I won't draft seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but the thing is, I mean, you're, you're pulling from the tiers where there's a significant amount of risk. Like, you know, you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger, you probably get him for this year. Who knows how healthy he, he is? Like our, our, our co-host, Dr. Ethan Turner, has talked about that injury that he had in his throwing elbow. And, I mean, it essentially exploded. <laughs> like, it, it, I I don't know. I mean, it, they seem to feel comfortable. I, I'm just not convinced. Um, you know, Tom Brady, you get him for, what, a year or two? Drew Brees a year or two? And then, and then what? You know, then you're kind of down to nothing. Right. I mean, I mentioned all those guys because, you know, you can get them cheaper because they're older. But yeah. then, like I said, then maybe I draft next year's Josh Allen or, or Drew Locke. Um, 
but uh, maybe I feel like we've been going on way too long. Stop your Dustin. When you guys want to just uh, chime in here, <laughs> John. I mean, an idiot. I think John. Don't ever listen to John. Just he's he's a dummy. He does. I, he doesn't have any actual argument. Just, I, I don't because <laughs> I I I've had this. See, here's the thing, Rocky. I've had this conversation too many times that I just like zone out because I'm like, I don't, whatever, man. I mean, my way has been working for me for the past three years. So <laughs> I don't know what else to do. <laughs> in, in year one, it does. Yeah. I, no, it's been working for me the last three years. I mean, yeah. I win yeah. constantly and I'm able to turn my roster over constantly. Because <laughs> okay. I'm very good at that point. And yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I, well, you just got to be know. good like me. Like you said, I mean, <laughs> well, I'm Rob, okay. Then I'm not as good as you guys. So I have to find <laughs> other ways to beat you. And I've done that. <laughs> I, I'm with Stompy. Though. I'm based, that's basically what I think is that I'm, you know, yeah. Roethlisberger, Brady Breeze, all those guys kind of come with risks or they're old or whatever, but I just trust myself as a player to find the the next guy that everyone's going to think is too old or I can, and I can trade, get for you know, an early second or late first or a wide receiver too. And then I replace them there or I replace them in the draft. But, yeah. uh, but I, I mean, I just, I, I just want to be able to give people actionable advice that, that, you know, goes beyond because like a lot of times people who are asking us for, for our opinions or our strategies, it's because they, don't necessarily trust themselves you know so <laughs> i i like this is this is a way that you can do it you can get there without being the scott fishbowl eight world champion universal <laughs> champion dustin any thoughts no i mean i'm right in between i'm not as far extreme as john but i'm not as i don't know i'm not as fine with just two quarterbacks as you are Rocky. Like I don't want to ever worry about my quarterback situation in the super flex league. I want three to maybe four. Now I don't need the top guys. I'm fine with them being, you know, in the eight to 14, 16 range. If I have three of them, like I'm fine. I don't want to take on the risk of, of breeze or Ben or Brady or any of them. Like I, I try to sell those guys a year or two before they hit that, that 40 or they start declining or injuries or whatever the case might be. I, I just don't want to ever worry about quarterbacks and Rocky, you were talking a little bit about like, you know, you know, like you can go buy one of those guys for cheap. Like it's all about context. If someone, if big Ben's their number two quarterback, they're not trading them to you regardless of his situation. So I think context does play a part in you being able to buy quarterbacks now they're probably always going to be a team in in every league that has an extra older guy that they're willing to go with especially if they're competing now that they'll let them go for for you know a pick or, or a player that can help their lineup now but i just don't ever want to worry about the quarterback situation um i don't go as extreme i don't i don't take quarterbacks to try to flip because i've seen that I've tried it before and it's come back on me where I've stuck with them or I've gotten ones that like I had Andrew Luck as like he was one of mine and I had four quarterbacks. Well, okay, he retired. So now I don't have him. So now that that draft that I did to have all this extra value is now shot. Mm -hmm. So I don't try to to play just to try to move them in value wise, but I do want to not worry about my quarterbacks situation. 
every single one of us has a has a sob story about Andrew Luck, by the way. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, all of us. I, I actually traded Andrew Luck to, to Dustin in a trade to get Patrick Mahomes right before it retired. So that I have the opposite of a stop story with Andrew Luck. That's I almost a podcaster that. killer story. <laughs> I, I forgot I about that. I want to be careful with that one. <laughs> okay. Um, unless you, Is there anything else you guys want to mention or else we'll go start uh, finding some trades? Let's find some trades. Yeah, we're going to find some trades. Find me a trade. So um, this one, this week, our roster was submitted by Toontown FF Chef at Mikey MCKU. Um, it's a 12-team PPR super flex, no tight end premium, start 10. Uh, they start a QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, super flex, and two flex. We had to make sure we got a super flex roster this week. 28-man um, roster. So he has Lamar, Matt Stafford, Dwayne Haskins as his main quarterbacks. He's uh, got very little running back. That's actually what he said. He's defending champ, but sold some future assets to get there. Sold Chubb this offseason, now looking to get some more RB depth. So the, basically the only startable running back he really has is Mark Ingram. He's got McFarland, Adrian Peterson, a couple other guys. Um, his deepest at wide receiver, he's got Juju, DK, Marvin Jones, Tyree Kill, DJ Shark, T. Higgins, Hollywood, uh, a couple other guys. And then his main tight end is Mark Andrews. He's also got Chris Herndon and Tyler Eifert. So um, I guess Stompy uh, actually found two trades this week. So we'll, we'll start with Stompy. Well, so first and foremost, why is he? why did he sell Chubb if he was hurting at running back? I don't understand that either. He didn't let me know that. <laughs> um, do, do we don't know what he got for him. Yeah, he didn't tell me what he got for him, no. Nah, now i got to go look it up because I, that seems <laughs> like when you're hurting at quarterback. I'll look it up while you get into your trades. Okay. Um. So, I mean, like Rocky said, it's he's very hurt at, at running back. Only startable one right now is Mark Ingram. Um. So, I, I mean, obviously, that's where we need to center our trade or center our trades around is getting getting uh, running back depth. I, I mean, honestly, if, I, if I'm really thinking about it, you're, I, I don't know if you can trade for enough running backs here where you are going to be able to win, if that makes I sense. I found the trade. Uh, so, he gave up Chubb and three point. Uh, one zero three ten for DK Metcalf two zero four and three zero four. <laughs> so basically, yeah, DK in a second for Chubb. Yeah, I think I would have rather held on to Chubb. What are you doing, Mike? <laughs> Good God! All right. Um. So I don't. Well, know guess that what? He'll... Guess what? Guess what, Mike? I'm doing. I'm <laughs> trading DK Metcalf. You son of a bitch. <laughs> trading him. And I'm getting Austin Eckler, <laughs> who I love this offseason. I've I've said can I mean he's very easily could be a top five running back again. Um took him at 207 in a startup. So I'm a believer. And I don't I mean th there are some people who are like, ah, he's not gonna get enough carries, and and that's not how you should view Austin Eckler ever. I mean, he's not gonna be a 250 carry guy. He will be a 90 target guy. Um, I mean, I, I view him as kind of a, we'll call him a middle class uh, 
Alvin Kamara. So he's not poor. He's not Alvin Kamara, but he's not poor either. So he's a middle cap class Alvin Kamara. So, I, like I mean, that. that's that's what I'm looking at is 90-plus targets, 150 to 180 carries. He's been – I mean, he was ultra-efficient and has been throughout his career. So, I I expect Eckler to be, at the very least, a top 10, and he can be a top five running back. So, um, with the – with by the way, if you had the wide receivers that you already had, this trade makes zero sense. Like, it makes no sense whatsoever. Because you have a very, I mean, like DJ Shark and DK Metcalf to me are almost like clones uh, for about what they do. I mean, DK's bigger. Sure, I think mm, he, I think he's faster too. But they serve the same function in their offenses, and so I don't know why you want duplicate of that. And you have another guy in Tyreek Hill who's kind of the same way. I did, so I don't. I, I guess I don't understand the trade. So I'm getting rid of DK Metcalf because. Now, now I feel a lot better about getting D, rid of DK Metcalf, Mike, um, so we can get running back depth. Yeah, I agree totally with what you just said there because, it, yeah, he's he's got wide receiver depth. That's that's the deepest position he has. Um, and Eckler, um, we run these through the DLF trade analyzer, and Eckler comes in a little higher. But this guy that you're trading him to, he probably has the running back depth to trade Eckler anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it makes. I think there's about. Sense. I think there are two teams that I saw that were like. I think well maybe three because you the one you guys did. I, I like that trade too. Um, but yeah, I mean the the running backs are pretty spread spread out except for like three teams that have the depth where they can trade one and it won't hurt them too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the, the team with the team with Eckler still has he has Connor Eckler Jacobs Marlon Mack Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. So, I mean, he, you know, and a, a wide receiver, he's got Julio and Jarvis and Allen Robinson, and that's it. Like, he has nothing else after that. So, he might he might be interested in that deal. Well, and I think uh, – I don't know if DLF has, has Eckler ranked too high, but I guess they're doing it based off of ADP among yeah, other things. Yeah, I think that's it, yeah. Um, so, I, I, I've, I've generally have found that people view – Eckler or it's about a 50 50 split where there's either you like Eckler a lot like me or like you're kind of like I just don't think he's going to get the number of touches so I'm I've been trading for Eckler a lot because I believe in him so I mean this makes sense to me either way because I, I still think he's an RB1 at the very least um, and then just to continue to address the running back position <laughs> I, I now realize what <laughs> exactly what I did here is I actually traded away uh, DK Metcalf and, and traded for Nick Chubb. So Mike, <laughs> I don't know what you were doing, buddy, but I'm I'm going to make it better for you. Um, I selling Lamar Jackson hurts me, but because I do believe he is in for another monster few seasons here, um, but. I mean, he's at his peak value right now where he's in super flexy overall um, one, I think. At, at the very least, he should be. John, I will agree with you there. Yes. Um, so, I mean, selling him now, you can get a lot of assets back that will improve, can improve multiple um, facets of, of your team. So uh, trade Lamar Jackson, trade DJ, DJ Chark, because I think his value is actually – fairly high right now. Um, 
I, I actually like DJ Chark, but uh, I mean, you, you're you're wide receiver. You're you're still pretty young at wide receiver with Hollywood Brown, um, Tyreek, and Juju. And then, um, and I'll, I'll just finish. Give Lamar Jackson, DJ Chark, Mark Andrews. This is not a tight end premium, but Mark Andrews is still relatively valuable, and you may as well get rid of the entire stack. Um, and you get back Russ Wilson, Nick Chubb, Adam Thielen, and Tyler Higby. Thielen um, could very easily be a wide receiver one, but I mean, you you at the very least get depth there um, at wide receiver. So you picked up a wide receiver even while you gave away one. You pick up Chubb, who is a top ten running back, maybe top five. Um, and then Higby, I, I mean, he was the, I think, the best tight end in the last like five weeks of last season. And I, I mean, it looks like they're going to, the Rams are going to a more, more 12 personnel. And I think Higby's a, a, a huge part of that. So, I mean, because tight end is not tight end premium, it's not overly valuable. Um, and then you get a drop to another uh, QB one, you, you gain a running back one and you're probably push on DJ Chark and Adam Thielen in terms of where they'll finish. So yeah, I love this deal if if you can pull it off. Um, you know, getting Wilson and Chubb, I that's definitely an upgrade over Lamar. Even if we look, you know, you're hiding the value a little bit with with Andrews. So I I love this deal, and I think it's one that he could easily pull off just by dangling Lamar. Um, people are gonna see Lamar and just be excited and jump at it. I, it'll be interesting to see if he can pull this off since he traded Chubb. I'm assuming to this owner. <laughs> Yeah. So now to go back and be like, Hey, now I want Chubb I, back from you. I've done like, that. I've done that one time. And it was because I traded Kamara away after his rookie season. Cause I, somebody, I let somebody get in my head and I was like, he's never going to be able to do this again. And traded him for a first round, uh, a 2018 first, a, uh, 2018 second and Josh Doxson. And it was just <laughs> ugh, the worst trade. And I ended up having to trade. Uh, I had an extra first and I had bet on that. This guy would finish dead last and he did finish dead last. So he had the one Oh one and I had his pick, nice. but I was like, I need Kamara back. And so to this day, I, I could have had Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara uh, and Nick Chubb on the same team. Yeah, and me and me and Dustin are both in Trade Addicts three, and I swear Dustin and, and Russ Dynasty Outhouse have, have traded guys back and forth more than like anyone else in the league. So <laughs> if you're in an active it, league, I think it happens. It's only Tyler Lockett that we send back and forth because we're <laughs> both Seahawks fans, and nobody yeah. and nobody else likes Tyler Lockett. So besides the two of us, I swear. Okay, uh, John, you want to give your trade? Yeah, so, I mean, kind of to piggyback off of some of what Stompy was saying, uh, I mean, I started off by just simply saying, you know, trade every one of those wide receivers away for whatever running backs you can get. <laughs> um, obviously, you don't want to trade all of them, but, I mean, so looking at these rosters, guys, like there's one roster construction that I actually, like, mostly like. And it's uh it's Krusty Krabs where he's got I mean he's got like three times as many running backs as wide receivers, like that's that's a lot closer to how these dynasty rosters should be built. We should not be taking up so much roster space with wide receivers who are never going to get into our lineups. 
So that's where, I mean, to me, he's got way too much wide receiver depth anyways. And then, you know, to find out that we traded away a, a high-end running back one uh, to get back even more wide receiver depth, even though it's a guy who likely starts from for you. I mean, it's not even a slam dunk that he's going to start every week. Um, it is not a move I would have made in the first place, but, um, from there, I mean, again, like I would, I would seriously go to, to Krusty Krabs and I'd be trying to, um, to get some running backs from him. And honestly, I don't even care which ones just like, just as many, as many bullets at the running back position as you can get and get rid of some of that wide receiver depth. Uh, but uh, as far as an actual trade, um, and I just kind of threw this one together and I don't love it anymore. Um, but uh, give Tyreek Hill, Marvin Jones, and a 2021 second and get Kenny Galladay and J.K. Dobbins. Um, it worked on Dynasty Trade Calculator. Doesn't look like it's nearly as close on uh, DLF's trade trade analyzer. Um, the The cool thing is... First of all, you get Kenny Galladay uh, to pair with Matthew Stafford. You get Marvin Jones out of the way. You you go from basically two wide receivers to one. Um, you also get J.K. Dobbins on the same roster as Mark Ingram. So, you know, you can transition from Ingram right into Dobbins uh, as your, you know, probably your RB1. Um the, my my problem with it is the fact that you also have Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, and I hate stacking the running game and the passing game off the same offense. Even that one, as good as that one was, I, it was actually valid. It was viable in twenty twenty or in twenty nineteen to start both Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, and you still did pretty well most of the time. But that's just not going to be the case very often. So. So that's my problem with it, but uh, you know, I still, I still like the the overall concept of uh, you know basically getting the uh, the future running back of the Ravens to go along with their current starter and uh, pairing Kenny Galladay, who I think I could be the wide receiver one overall this year with Whoa. Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then getting rid of Marvin Jones. If you've got Kenny Galladay, you don't want Marvin Jones. He doesn't make sense on your roster anymore. And I don't want Marvin Jones anyways. He's one of the guys that I absolutely <laughs> I hate having him on my roster. It's just it's it's why boring. do you hate having Marvin Jones? He he produces is, every week. This is like, a pro so Marvin Jones thing. podcast. <laughs> yeah, we, we love <laughs> yeah. Marvin Jones here. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of why I had to sneak that one in. By the way. Um, <laughs> Because I yeah I'm 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 well aware, um, but my problem with Marvin Jones is it's it it's a very low ceiling. Um, I don't I, I don't See, feel I would like disagree it's... with that because when he's I agree there's a health issue there, but when he's healthy, mm-hmm. even last year, um, he was producing low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two numbers. I think mm-hmm. I think I looked it up on a previous podcast. He was like wide receiver fourteen. When he, him and Stafford were both healthy last year. Yeah. Yeah. That's upside. And, yeah. I mean, you're just not going to be able to come to, you're not going to be able to buy his production for what it, what you can get from Marvin Jones. Like you, 
he's only costing people thirds right now. Like you can't rebuy his production for a third round pick. My, my only, I, I like the concept of your, your trade. My issue with it is it doesn't fix his running back situation by taking Dobbins with Ingram. Like he's still only really is going to have one running back in that situation. Like he's not going to really start Ingram and Dobbins both at the same time. So it's not, well, he's going to have to with that roster. Well, yeah, but it's not (laughs) fixing. Like he's given up Tyreek who I think is the better wide receiver than Galladay. And it's not fixing his running back situation. Like he's not getting anything out of it. Well, so he's getting more value from Mark Ingram by having JK Dobbins because when when that switch comes, which is you know, I think it's very likely that it happens in, in 2020. I mean, JK Dobbins is the number two running back in this draft class for me, um, just based on the landing spots. And I I think it's it's a matter of time before he takes over that backfield. So you go from Mark Ingram as as one of your starting running backs to when they make that switch, all of a sudden you've got a guy who's just, I mean, you've got nothing anymore. Now with J.K. Dobbins, you can start Mark Ingram until they make that switch, which makes it, you know, that much more viable to even have Mark Ingram on your roster. I think what Dustin's saying, though, is the guy has to start two, and he doesn't really have right. a viable RB2, and with Dobbins added to Ingram, it's still not a great RB1, RB2 situation. It's it's going to give him um, it's going to give him an RB1 for the entire season is is the bigger the bigger thing. Yeah, I do agree with that. Like if once Ingram gets replaced or like Ethan Turner said on your guys' show, like if Ingram comes on slowly because of his calf injury, like right now he's he's screwed right now with if Ingram isn't healthy at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. So I get I get where you're coming from. I just it, he still needs to make other moves. Um, yeah. After totally. this, like for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, from there, start trading away those those the rest of those wide receivers that, that that's what now, I was going to say. If, if, if he does what you said at the beginning and, and trades those, you know, one of those wide receivers for Aaron RB two, then, then that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Get anything. I mean, if, if, even if it feels like an overpay, like Jalen Hurd had right now has some, some, a little bit of hype behind him because of the Debo Samuel injury trade Jalen Hurd for, you know, whatever backup running back you can get, I guarantee you, you're going to, you're going to start that running back before you're going to start Jalen Hurd. I promise that'll happen. Cool. Rocky, you want to get into ours? Yeah. So our trade that we came up with was, uh, I had, I had to stay on brand and, and, and trade down from quarterback. Um, so we, we were giving up Lamar Jackson and getting Kyler Murray, Chris Carson, and David Johnson. Um, came up within 14 points on the trade calculator. Uh, the guy that we're trading Lamar to, um, he, he probably needs to rebuild. He's got some pieces. He's actually got decent quarterbacks and um, okay running backs if you include these two, but the rest of it's not too great. So we were thinking – um get him Lamar the only the only worry I have is that you know he might think he can get more for these pieces separately but uh and and obviously Carson and and David Johnson are declining assets but uh you get Kyler um he's still you know he's a you know 
I, I definitely think he's a little overhyped, but he's still a you know a, a, a young ascending quarterback. Um, uh, Lamar is not going to do exactly what he did last year. He's going to see some regression. I know we talked about that earlier. So um, you get the two win now pieces in Carson and David Johnson, and you're downgrading a quarterback, but I don't think drastically so. So I, I like the trade. I think there's a chance it could be accepted. Uh, I forget if I said it's only within 14 points on the on the calculator. So I think it's a pretty even trade. What do you guys think? I would throw in one of the wide receivers and try and get Derrick Henry too. I mean, if you're gonna I like that, if you're gonna do it and try and go all in here with Chris Carson and and David Johnson, get another running back. So. Trade away, um, I, DK Metcalf. <laughs> yeah, seriously, trade away DK Metcalf. Right. Um, I mean DK Metcalf. Who does he have? Who does that guy have a tight end? Or am I gonna have to open this up? Um, the guy he's trading him to. Yeah, he's got nothing really. He's got the, his best one is probably. He doesn't have a best one. Will Disley, Ryan Griffin, Jacob Hollister, Vance McDonald, Jason Witten, Cameron Bray. Um, I mean, uh, again, in tight end premium or, or not tight end premium, sorry. I, I just, why even have a top end tight end really? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't give you much of an advantage. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if you could throw in a young wide receiver, if, if this is the guy, if this guy thinks he also needs to rebuild and you're trying to push him in that direction, try and get all three of those running backs. So Carson, Derrick Henry, David Johnson, Send him a young wide receiver like DK Metcalf. Um, and I mean, you might have to throw a, a second piece in there, but I think you could get Derrick Henry from him too. And I don't know what the um picks look like on, on this end. So I mean, maybe, maybe if he had a uh first and DK Metcalf, I I mean, if you're gonna go for it, go for it. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And he it gives, you know getting Derrick Henry in there too. I mean, he definitely needs some running backs um, with only Mark Ingram, who may not even last the year. Um, Dustin, anything you wanted to say on this trade? Yeah, no. um, Like we both came up with this one. I, I think that, you know, the owner with David Johnson might be like trying to find any reason or any way to sell him. I know a lot of people that had David Johnson when he went to Houston, everyone was trying to sell him. I was one of those ones included. Um, I was able to move a whole bunch. So I think getting, you know, the asset, uh, the quarterback one in Superflex and Lamar, I think we'll just push him down there. I do think, you know, talk to the owner, see what he's willing, what he's trying to do with this team. Because if you can get Henry, like, like Stompy was saying, I think, uh, it's easy, easy to do that as well. Um, you have some young pieces on Mike's team that he can send over there. If the other owner is trying to rebuild, like maybe like a Higgins or something like that, um, that he can use to sweeten the deal. So see what he talk to the owner, see what he wants to do. I think that, but I think there's a lot that can be done with, with these two teams deal wise. Okay, good stuff. So that's, that's all the trades we have. So that's pretty much uh, once we find some trades, we're done for the show. So, um, I wanted to give uh, John and Stompy both a chance to, you know, give all your pods and sites and everything you do. So, um, w- what do you got? <laughs> Go ahead, buddy, because I got a list. I know. Yeah, 
<laughs> he he basically has my resume plus some. So um yeah, so I I I here's one thing I have on him. I write for dynastyleaguefootball.com. My rankings are available there. Uh I also do the uh the monthly Superflex ADP mock drafts. Please jump into those and help us uh help mock draft, help co- uh, hone your strategy for Superflex dynasty startups and uh also help us compile that that adp uh we'll start that here in about a week and then uh beyond that yeah super flex super show and uh the ff mercs flagship podcast and you can find me on twitter at super flex dude stompy kind of a spiel here so you find <laughs> me on twitter at ff oh jeez, nope i forgot what it was stompy the bear <laughs> Stompy the bear on Twitter. Um, thanks, John, for that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Host uh, Dynasty Diagnostic with Aton uh, Mosia. You can find us at Dino Diagnostic on Twitter. It's on the DTC uh, family of podcasts. Uh, John mentioned FF Mercs, uh, flagship. Um, go visit ffmercs.com and see what we uh, – have to offer for not only fantasy football, but for fantasy baseball. We go through drafts. We go through um, different moves you can make. Uh, you can hire us for basically anything. And we're the cheapest uh, site on the market. So there's that. And we're going to be doing something special for uh, Scott Fishbowl. So watch out for announcements with that. Um, Superflex Super Show, obviously, um, with John here, James Catullus, James the Brain, Ethan Turner, Dr. Ethan Turner, and Brian Haar. And obviously, um, go listen to Listen, a podcast. It's Listen colon a podcast. Check that out. Check that out if uh, you want something different than fantasy football, and especially with the times that we're in uh, these days. Um, and that's at Listen underscore a underscore pod on Twitter. I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, before we sign off, just want to remind everybody the Twitter handles for me and Dustin. It's at Dynasty Junkie FF for Dustin, at Dynasty FF Addict for me. Um, the pod handle is at Dynasty Junkies. Give us a follow. And um, don't forget to subscribe and follow the DAP network at DAP underscore network. And please, if you can, if you like what you've heard tonight, please give us uh, a subscribe, rate, and review. The reviews really help. Let us know what you think, what we can change, what we can do better. That's pretty much it. I think we're done. Thanks for coming on, guys. It's been a great show. And we'll see you next week. I like yelling at John. He's the worst. <laughs> you didn't do a whole lot of that tonight. I, th- I was expecting I, I letting more. them carry it. I wasn't feeling it today. He's probably yeah. exhausted. I mean, he's yelling at you all the time. Probably a little exhausted. So, well, and like some of it's these conversations we've had multiple times before. Well, we, now we have a new one. Aaron Rodgers, the QB one for twenty twenty. <laughs> Book it. <laughs> Book it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Was- junkie, junkie's out. <laughs> Thank you.